Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media. And the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors. Even in this dark moment. Let's not miss our moment. And now, the Hamilton Corner. Well, hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to the Hamilton Corner. I've got the privilege of sitting in for Abe Hamilton tonight, and I want to throw out a question. What is the relationship between the sexualization of children and the elimination of women? Now, doesn't that sound ironic that I would even ask those two things? We're living in a time, I think anybody would recognize this, that we are being hyper-sexualized. I was in a major retailer. Well, I'll just say it was a Target. This is about a year ago, and I generally don't shop at Target, but I was on the road, and there was really nowhere else to go. And I'm not even going to repeat what I saw on some of the T-shirts in the the youth. I mean, these were like middle school girls' clothes that I was walking past, and it was just unrepeatably inappropriate. And we're living in a time where there is so much just brazenly in everybody's face— Uh, about sex, now about transgenderism, and it ultimately, especially the sexualization of little girls and the imposition of transgenderism on young people, oddly enough, there's an ironic fallout of this, the elimination of women. Now, I'll I'll explain later on, but um, I've got a guest that I want to bring on in a moment, uh, Mary Bowden, that we interviewed about a year ago at NRB, and it's uh, the subject that we talked about then, and I'll get an update now, is about the sexualized uh, harm that's being done to little girls. But even as we queue up for this, and later on in the program I'll take calls. The number is 888 We'll get to calls in just a little bit. Um, I, I want to bring up a story here. Well, there's several. You just don't know where to jump in, really. But in a YMCA in Ohio, and the headline says this, trans woman faces indecent exposure charge. Now, first of all, you've got to understand that in the media, if you see the phrase trans woman, that doesn't mean a woman. What it means is a man that identifies as a woman, dresses in women's clothes. By the way, two weeks ago today, I was in New York City to do Fox News and the Eric Metaxas program, walking uh, from Fox News about, actually walked about 20 blocks, which is not as far as it sounds. It was a beautiful day, good exercise. But I passed two different males dressed as women. And, you know, the transgender woman, it's, it always seems to be a, a male dressing as a woman. And, uh, you know, whether it be Caitlyn Jenner that we've all seen on television to um, maybe others in, in large cities, you know, it's easily identifiable as a man. You don't see 
uh, a woman generally, you know, going out in public trying to look like a, a man in a three-piece suit with a tie or something like that. But in the media, when you see trans woman, like in Ohio, uh, it says Darren Giles, 31 years old, charged with three counts of indecent exposure related to incidents dating back to 20 and uh, 21, 22. Um, and basically, here's a man who identifies as a woman and goes into the girl's changing room. And there were uh, young girls, it doesn't say the age, but little girls, and they were traumatized because they, quote, saw a naked male in the female locker room. And, but, you know, one of the problems I have with this is in the coverage of this, Green County uh, in the town is X-E-N-I-A, I'm, I guess it's pronounced Xenia City, Ohio. All the coverage says it's a trans woman. Um, well, it's not a woman, it's a man. But all of this attempt to legitimize and mainstream transgenderism, this is another example of sexual deviancy that is, is ultimately traumatizing to people. It's, it's damaging to children. But here's the thing, and we'll get to this, it actually is eliminating women. And how this results in, in the eradication of women, we'll talk about in just a moment. But I want to bring a guest on right now. Uh, this is Mary Bowden, or, or Bowden. It, uh, Mary, forgive my ambiguity about pronouncing your name. Is it Bowden? Yeah, it's Bowden. Yeah, uh, thank you. And I think you and I... We had an interview maybe at NRB about a year ago. Does my memory serve me on that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I remember you. Yeah, your ministry or website, danceawareness.com. Is that right? D-A-N-C-E? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, Since we last talked, and we talked about the sexualization of children and how uh, really... um, the APA isn't really helping secular education. Um, it's almost like they want children's innocence as thoroughly gone and as quickly gone as possible. Um, bring us up to speed about what, in your opinion, is going on in our culture and what Dance Awareness is doing to give a healthy response uh, to what's being done to our children. Well, I think your listeners should know there's been a cultural shift from healthy educational children's dance to harmful, hypersexualized children's dance in adult costumes, choreography, and music. And they need to know that I'm a dance educator. I love dance. I have a BA and MA in dance. Uh, I led a church dance ministry for over 20 years. So this is someone uh, that really enjoys movement because I think it's God's gift to us. But this shift has occurred, and I believe there's a connection to the Internet, media, and porn. And, um, you know, in 1983, the New York Times released an article called The Loss of Childhood. And in that article, they talked about children's innocence. And it wasn't that children had lost their innocence. It was that 
adults have redefined the definition of childhood itself. We've gone from an age of protection, that is shielding kids from adult issues, to an age of preparation, that is exposing children to adult issues. The problem with that is the research shows then and now that this philosophy doesn't work. Imagine if I gave a six-year-old child the keys to my car, a $5 bill, and said, drive to the market, get me a quart of milk in return. Well, you'd think I'd lost my mind. It's not that that child can never do that. It's just that right now, it's not age appropriate. So we have the Internet with this shift in how we view children. Then we have the media, uh, and no one knew what was going to happen with the Internet uh, when it came out. But Congress passed in 1996 something called the Communications Decency Act, and basically they said there was no regulation for this new fledgling thing called the Internet. Well, fast forward to 2023, and because of no regulation, we have all kinds of things happening on the Internet, which expose adults, but I'm I'm circling my wagons around children, to issues they shouldn't be exposed to, and I'll be specific in terms of dance. that children are being exposed to hypersexualized dance and doing hypersexualized dance because oh, yeah. the brain re- the brain research says that we copy what we see. So adults are being groomed and this is being normalized to give to children. Children are doing it. The problem is uh, they're having traumatic uh, outcomes when they're exposed to adult sexuality before it's age appropriate. In fact, I read an article just last week um, Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting were in Romeo and Juliet as minors years ago. They were 15 and 16, and they just filed a lawsuit because they were made to be nude in a a film then, and they said they've carried the trauma from that coercion with them today. Yeah. Hey, we've got a brief break. Uh, Mary, I want to continue this conversation. There's so many things I want to uh, really get your take on. Uh, Give us your website quickly, and we've got a brief break, and then we'll go further. What's your website? DanceAwareness.com DanceAwareness.com Folks, we need to care about children and we need to care enough to speak truth, to be informed, and to be courageous because our culture has lost its way morally and spiritually. Stay tuned. We're back after this. Shining light into the darkness. This is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the program. Alex McFarland here. So honored to be with you on the Hamilton Corner on the American Family Radio Network. You know, I always appreciate anybody uh, like myself. Uh, My wife and I have pretty much given our adult lives to youth ministry and uh, also, to a degree, children's ministry. And whenever somebody shares that passion for not only the welfare of children, but, but thriving and spiritually, intellectually, physically becoming all that the Lord intended us to be. I appreciate uh, those people who share those values, and certainly Mary Bodden does. DanceAwareness.com is her website. And um, before the break, we were talking about just some of the hypersexualization and some of the videos and inappropriate things that kids are exposed to. But you give uh, not only positive alternatives, but I would say biblical alternatives. And Mary, one of the things that I appreciate about you is that 
in addition to just good common sense child rearing, um, you help reintroduce the church to the arts. And that's an important thing because for many centuries, the church was kind of the custodian of, of the arts and theater, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, and of course, the arts are God's idea. It's just when we come in there as self-based people and distort and change God's intent, then of course, they don't have the same kinds of outcomes. And that's the same as uh, what has happened in dance. So we just have to make sure we're in a healthy dance studio rather than a harmful one. Sure, sure. Well, you know, um, several years ago there was twerking. Uh, and, you know, I still see if if it's not twerking, it's at least things, that you know, movements and gyrations that are inappropriate. And, and I've got to say, I was just in a, a store and I saw kids... Um, doing some actions that they could not possibly have known what they meant. I mean, they were way too young. But it, it, it just kind of grieved my heart to see kids acting, you know, illicit, immoral actions that um, it tells me they've lost their innocence before, uh, before it was That's even right. there. I, I mean, never a time of childhood, never a time of innocent purity, but just uh, sullied and tainted with the ways of the world at such an early age, I don't know that they would ever remember a time that they weren't, um, you know, exposed to such. Yeah, we're making children into many adults, and uh, just as you said, we need children to be children. And actually, I have a, a simple definition of healthy dance that might be helpful to your listeners. In healthy dance, children look like children. In age-appropriate costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by a great sense of joy. And in harmful dance, which is hypersexualized dance, children look like adults. In adult costumes, choreography, and music, usually accompanied by adult makeup and hairstyles. So I think what you saw... And what you observed was harmful dance. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, speak to the person that um, <laughs> the idea of Christian dance ministry might be just a, a brand new thing they've never thought of. Well, you know, I think anytime we do things with God's intent, which is wholesomeness according to His standards, it's Christian dance. Uh, now, there are many healthy dance studios that are not, quote, Christian, although they might be, some might be. I do know some Christian dance studios who would come, come under the umbrella of um, healthy dance. Uh, but there are many who are healthy dance studios who do not hypersexualize. So that's my dividing line that parents, caring adults, have to make sure that they're checking out the, the dance environment for a particular child and checking into their philosophy on what kind of music, what kind of choreography, uh, just what kinds of ingredients go into the process of creating a dance. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what, where would a church start to do something healthy, Dance, uh, and I love what you said, movement, that God is the author of movement, and, uh, you know, beauty and art. 
how could a church begin to start something? Because um, I was I was interim pastor of a church. You'll appreciate this, perhaps, Mary. But uh, we started a, a summer theater program, uh, and and we did they they were we did some Christian plays, but we did some you know appropriate like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. You know, we did some things that weren't necessarily Christian, but they were just good, wholesome theater plays. But by the second summer, we had 300 children and youth involved in a summer theater workshop. And of course, many joined the church, heard the gospel. But for a church that's never done something like this, how could they begin to get started? Well, I think you have to have strong leadership. It sounds like you were a good leader, my friend. Tried um, to be. <laughs> I've written a book on Christian dance ministry, if anybody's wanting to, to read that, that I think might be helpful. Um, but, you know, we have to know God's criteria to set up a program that's healthy, because our culture has turned standards upside down, and they've normalized distortion, and they've misused children, and they're innocent. So you have to have a group of adults who want to work with children who have a real clear foundation of God's intended standards. And I think we do just fine, because the adults are the one making the choices on scripts, in your case, uh, in my case, uh, how we choreograph, how we dress young people, uh, what are the lyrics to the song uh, they're moving to. And, And so those things, adults, are to consider very carefully. And, you know, children are children. They have no idea what's healthy or what's harmful. And so uh, it, we can't look to them to make those choices, can we now? Just like we can't no. let children decide when they're going to have bedtime or what they're going to eat because they might have chocolate cake every night and every breakfast and every lunch. Right, right. Because they're children, and they don't have any concept of health or harm. Uh, Mary, is there any evidence that um, with all the sexualization, besides, you know, actions or material viewed on the Internet, what about things like um, age for sexual activity or loss of virginity? I mean, has all of this resulted in kids becoming sexually active at younger and younger age ages? Well, I think, yeah, absolutely. In harmful dance, absolutely. Although it's not just dance, of course, it's our culture. Uh, a researcher named Gail Dines has called it a pornified culture because sex has just saturated every area of everyone's life. And we see uh, inappropriate exposure to sexuality every place. And so, of course, children see that, and it affects them. But when it affects them, there are negative outcomes, friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. And you know what? I, I think that in churches, because, listen, there's the home and the church, and there are Christian schools, and there are private schools, and classical education. But, folks, listen, to rein in the relativism, and that's really making our own truth— and then there's there's really hedonism, living for pleasure as we define it. Uh, and then, as you say, Mary, this hypersexualization and loss of innocence. It's got to be the church that really calls people back to truth. I would say calls people back to sanity. Um, 
go ahead. I I've got a and question. I, for I, you. I think that sometimes the church looks at the culture and copies it instead of the other way around. Um, and so we have to be careful what we invite into our homes and expose our kids to. Sometimes it's the culture um, dictating our standards. And so this calls for people to really reflect and think. And of course, God has given us the ability to do that. Um, with informed choice, and that's what he did in Genesis when he said to Adam and Eve, uh, you can do anything you want in the garden here except you have to not touch this particular tree. So he gave them choice, and of course we all know how that turned out. Um, mm. They made the yes. wrong choice. So um, it's just important to identify these issues with awareness. We can't address what we don't have the courage to name, then make informed choices and by that, I mean healthy or harmful dance toward their children. And then we have to educate the adults around us. And we have plenty of practical tools on danceawareness.com to do that. And in fact, Alex, I should let you know, if you go to danceawareness.com, there's a heading called She Loves to Move. I worked with a wonderful composer who composed a song that we released and uh, this is going on right now, and we're inviting anybody to choreograph to it, and we have a prize of $5,000. I'm going to say that again. Oh, my goodness, for the best video, right? Yeah, for the best choreography, we have a wonderful dance educator who is adjudicating the process. We have a rubric um, online on our website so that people know you know, kind of have an idea of what we're looking for. But uh, this could be grandparents and their grandkids. It could be uh, somebody uh, taking a dance class and wants to do a solo. It could be a whole group of kids who want to uh, enter our contest, which is, by the way, for free, and uh, choreograph something to healthy dance because the song is beautiful. Uh, it invites just wonderful feelings. I think you'd be surprised if you play it. Call right. it again. She loves to move. And um, so we're trying to help people see the differences between healthy dance and harmful dance. Well, amen. That is wonderful. That is really wonderful. And uh, do you have any events around the country that you uh, bring people together and, you know, they can be inspired and equipped and take this back to their communities? Well, actually... That's what we're doing with She Loves to Move. We're going to be getting those uh, videos that people enter the contest, and we're going to be uh, doing a lot more of releasing wonderful, beautiful material that's healthy um, and certainly not harmful or hypersexualized so that people really see the difference. And then um, our company is fairly new, but I do anticipate us having a wonderful dance concert every year with Healthy Dance. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever noticed how when Halloween comes around, and I know most Christians probably don't get involved in Halloween, but it's it's almost like the costumes that are sold, they'll, yeah. they'll take childhood images, even like there's, there's a hyper-sexualized um, Mr. Rogers costume now. I mean, what that's, could have been more... Right childlike than, you know, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. There have long since been, you know, um, borderline pornographic, like Mary Poppins and, uh, you know, Cinderella and things like that. But now even like Mr. Rogers, why does the world have to uh, pornify 
everything. I mean, is is nothing sacred? Why why do you feel like people just have to go there? Well, I think we have to understand as Christians that uh, the Bible says Satan is the prince of this world. So he's he's working behind the scenes to distort and ruin everything beautiful and good. And so we see Mr. Rogers' costumes, or we see Cinderella, instead of a fun thing, it's turned into a hypersexualized woman's costume. Again, translating that, if you open your eyes to really what's happening in our culture, making children into many adults, and of course, that's connected to businesses making money off of this. And see, it goes to younger and younger ages because children are vulnerable, right? And so they don't have any ability to know right from wrong. They need strong adults to help them. And we're really not stepping up to the plate and really saying no more. So I would invite your listeners to, in a respectful way, because shouting matches seem to be counterproductive, but say, this is wrong. This is wrong. We cannot allow a child to be exposed to these kinds of things, whether it's a Mr. Rogers or a Cinderella costume or being choreographed in hypersexualized songs that have terrible lyrics with little people at younger and younger ages, six years old, five years old, and younger now, uh, because they're vulnerable and predators love that. And the porn industry loves that. They're making all kinds of money off of this. And we need to have adults that will say, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to push back in a respectful way. And we're going to articulate both the spiritual problems. But for those people who have friends and neighbors who aren't Christians, there's plenty of research on danceawareness.com to back up what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. In fact, we are research-based. Well, I, I know that, and I love what your subtitle is, No Child Exploited. That, that's yeah, a, Dance that's Awareness, a, No Child Exploited. That, that's powerful. Well, listen, I want to thank you for being on. I'm sorry we got started a little bit late. But uh, the contest, again, where can people go to find out about the, the contest you're a part of? Danceawareness.com. Go right to the website. You look at the top headings, you'll see it right there it says she loves to move you click on that and they'll tell you all about what to do it's all free they'll let you hear the song so you can and you're going to be blown away i will already tell you you will love the song there's also kind of a a 58 second um little video uh, ad about the contest and who's invited which everybody's invited and it's filled with joy and fun which is what movement should do for people exactly exactly hey we've got a break uh we got to pull away mary i look forward to when you and i can converse again hey will you be at nrb like you were the other year i sure will we will see you there i am certain God bless you. Okay. Folks, Alex McFarland here on the American Family Radio Network sitting in for Abe Hamilton. When we come back, I'm going to open up the phones, and the number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. How is the hypersexualization of our culture actually jeopardizing sexuality and gender? Stay tuned. We'll talk about this and more when we return.
Mountain Quarter podcasts and one-minute commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. So welcome back to the program. If you would choose to call in and engage in the conversation, I would love to hear from you. The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Alex McFarland here, honored to be sitting in for Abe Hamilton, attorney, pastor, commentator, Abe Hamilton. I It really is a privilege to sit in uh, on the show and a great crew and uh, staff that helps us do this. And by the way, Abe is one of our keynote speakers at the Spring 23 Truth for a New Generation Biblical Worldview Conference. We're going to be in Paris, Tennessee, uh, April 21 through 23. Abe Hamilton III, Will and Miki Addison, myself, Bert Harper of Exploring the Word. A lot of great stuff, and the, the theme is this. Uh, truth matters. Truth matters can Fronting the issues that will shape our future. The website for this conference is truthforanewgeneration.com. Truthforanewgeneration.com. We'd love to have you there. But um, the question is, how is the hypersexualization of children and and the imposing of transgenderism eliminating women? If you want to weigh in on that, you want to talk about this you know, transgender enforcement that seems to be going on, not seems to be, really is going on, um, the number is 888-589-8840. So I opened up with a news story out of Xenia, Ohio, and this man, who identifies as a woman at the Y, goes into a girl's changing room. Well, there are uh, girls in there, and he exposes himself. So he's from 21 and 22. He's facing criminal charges for doing this. But when the Y—now you think about this—when the YWCA is asked, and the YMCA, you know, if they're going to begin to enforce that if you're a genetic male, you stay in the male restroom and male changing room, if you're a genetic female— of course, like we've said, it is generally only the males that are wanting to do this. Now, I'm sure there are other cases, but, um, you know, it's it's males that are going in female changing rooms. Here's what the Y said. Now, listen to this. Quote, Under no circumstances will we investigate an individual's birth identity and then assign individuals to locker rooms. Now, isn't that something? Now, under the auspices of inclusion, diversity, tolerance, I mean, here children and youth and really anybody with any moral sensibilities are getting put at risk. Now, uh, I, I would think the Y, and by the way, you do know the YMCA and the YWCA originally uh, the Young Men's Christian Association and the Young Women's Christian Association, they really trace their origin back to the great Christian leader of the 19th century, D.L. Moody. Um, and then 20-plus years ago under uh, Patricia Ireland, you remember Patricia Ireland was leader at one point of the NOW, the National Organization of Women, which is a very leftist, pro-feminist, pro-abortion uh, organization. And for a very brief while, Patricia Ireland... Uh, was going was leader of the YWCA. I don't know if you remember that, 
And she said in an interview, and then she was kind of uh, silenced on this, but she said part of her goal was to, quote, get rid of the, the letter C, which was Christian. But, I mean, think about this. An entity, you know, you've got, um, whether it be, um, you know, a gym, a, a, a workout, you know, a business where you go to work out, or the YWCA, you know, one would think they have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that males don't go in the female changing room. Because here's the thing, you think about this, and by the way, if you want to be a part of this conversation, uh, what's your take on this transgenderism, just the insistence that transgender be mainstreamed? It's, it's terrible. Because, and, and folks, this is not, if, lest anybody says to you, well, don't impose your religion on me. The idea that males and females are different is not a religious presupposition. Jesus is the Son of God. That's a religious statement. Biological males and biological females are different. Uh, children ought not be exposed to naked men. That, these are not religious presuppositions. This is human biology and common sense and moral sensibility. Uh, but we're going to talk more about how transgenderism, which you would think the feminist would stand against it, because it really is resulting in the elimination of female as a category. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we're going to go to Rufus in Texas. Rufus, thanks for holding. Welcome to the Hamilton Thank Corner. You. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very excited to speak to you guys, and uh, thank you very much for bringing up this topic uh, today, uh, because uh, especially the, the church has, has failed. Uh, you know, Christians in general uh, are failing. We're bound down to, uh, you know, to, to the culture, just just like you were talking with, with the previous lady about the culture, uh, and, and the culture has become part of, 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 of the church. For example, we had we had a church around our area here in Texas. Uh, as a matter of fact, we still have that church around. We had to fly the fly the gay flag in front of uh, the LGBTQ plus uh, whatever uh, flag in, in front of the church. And this really? church had a, a drag show. Yes, this church had a drag show. Um, uh, they, they hold drag shows for children for children. Every every other month, there was there was a time, sometime last year, they had uh, this drive show for children, and um, and we had a few people uh, come out there to, to protest against that because that's that is um, that's exploitation of children, you sure. see, and and this is being done this is being done on under the guise of of, of the church, you know, and uh. in, in the name of inclusion. And diverse, you know, diversity. We have in all these things going going on in the church, you know. And then now, and, and, the well, I, I got to ask, what was the reaction? I mean, from from uh, the church members of the community. I mean, was there any kind of pushback on this? Yeah, yeah, there, there, there was there was uh, some some pushback from from the community uh, because that's that's just. I mean, think about it. Twenty years ago from today, we would never have thought that. Will be experiencing something like this in America. You know, yeah, I know you're you're even, right. Even, exactly to a point where we don't even know what a woman is anymore. We, nobody can even the church. Most churches, when you ask the pastor, 
to define what a woman is because he's so scared to lose congregation. He's so scared to offend the mob, the culture. He can't even de- define what a woman is. I, and, I, I know, and Rufus, think about this too. Here's the thing. Um, oddly enough, the feminists of the 70s, the feminist movement, you know, pro-women, okay? But look, with transgenderism, you've got biological males that are being insisted upon playing in women's sports. And look, uh, thank God for females. Thank God for males. They're equal in worth, but they're unique in function. Look, no uh, females are not able to physically... Uh, withstand the the strength, the stamina, the uh, the the upper body strength of males. I mean, this is essentially the elimination of women's sports, exclusively female, and it's the elimination of women, folks. Do you understand if gender is fluid, then women as an objective category is eliminated, and so it's a puzzlement to any logical person why feminists would be for transgenderism when it really means the end of feminism. Rufus, thanks for the call. Kathy in Arkansas. Kathy, thanks for holding. Welcome to AFR. What's your take on this subject, yes. the trans agenda? Um, can you hear me okay, Alex? Yes, you're on. Okay, great. Um, it's very disturbing. I'm from Arkansas, as you just stated, and thankfully we have a conservative Christian governor and a conservative overall legislature. And today um, the bathroom bill was passed, um, H.R. 1158, I think it was. Okay. But it and, and, and what is the base? What's that bill say? The bathroom bill is that biological boys will use boys' bathrooms and biological females will use fem- uh, girls' bathrooms in our schools, in our Charter, public charter schools and our public schools. And it just astonished me, just the testimony given. We can watch everything live on live stream, you know, of what's going on in the committees and the House and everything. Right. And it just is so sad that that people, that there are people that want to acknowledge that people can change their sex is just unbelievable. Um, so let me ask you this. So so the bathroom bill in Arkansas, the, and this is a good thing, but I'm guessing the lefties are having an aneurysm. Um, yeah, but thankfully, um, like, um, it passed today, or, or, or it passed today, in the, it passed in the Senate, in the House Senate, it, it passed. It came out. It came out of committee in the House of Representatives, so it was voted on today, and it passed. Eighty people voted yes. Some people abstained. There were a few no's, but it's just really sad. I live in Little Rock, so it's just really sad that that my state representative would vote against the bathroom bill, and our state senator that represents us. Um, but it's so important for people to get involved, to know who their state legislators are, you know, in the Senate right. and the House, and to write them before a vote, and then right. to write them after a vote nicely, or to introduce yourself. I'm going to eventually try to introduce myself to mine. But, Alex, to me, the bigger deal with all this transgenderism is it's so sinister and evil. I just wonder, I just wonder um, I, I think it's all about the destruction of a nuclear family. I think oh, it, it is. even goes 
more sinister than that. I think there are these uh, globalist elite people who want population control. And what better way to control the population than sterilizing our children? Confuse them. Just, you know, and... Kathy, uh, we're about out of time, and I want to say thank you for this. And folks, let me give you uh, a final thought here. By the way, I want to ask people, uh, 20 years of radio, I've never had this happen, but I want to ask people to pray for Patricia in Michigan. We had a caller that was calling in, and she was driving, and while waiting to go on air, hit a deer. Patricia in Michigan, I am so sorry. And folks, pray for Patricia. I I really don't know the status um, of this. But uh, let, let me see this. Uh, we might have time to get one more comment in. Folks, our country, though, was based on natural law. This goes back for the duration of human history. Natural law and the laws of nature, uh, that m- there are male and female. And all of the spin and marketing in the world cannot change reality. Uh, Gloria in North Carolina, uh, welcome. Thanks for holding. What you got, Gloria? Thank you so yeah. much. Y'all are awesome. Hey, I've got a solution. I think it's very simple. Male, female, and other. Three teams. My daughters played on sports teams all their life. I played softball until I was 32 years old. Very proud of it. I did play on a Christian, um, you know, male and female team. However, there is a difference in a male and a female. I grew up with three boys. I have three. So just let there be three groups. If the Olympics want to support three groups, the transgender have at it. But a male should not compete against a female. Even though I did it all my life with three brothers, there is a huge difference. Right. Right. You know, uh, hey, uh, in a world of sanity, uh, maybe they would do that. Gloria, that's a good thought. But here's the thing, folks. We have to help people understand if we abolish morality, and all of this goes back to the sexual revolution of the 60s, then abortion on demand, no legal protection for the unborn, uh, then uh, this enforced idea that there is no difference between male and female. Look, Males are biologically, functionally different than females. And males and females, gender is fixed. Look, it jeopardizes our freedom, our constitution. It jeopardizes children and women. Folks, we've got to stand for truth. Alex McFarlane here. May God bless you. Thanks for listening. You can listen again. All the shows are archived at AFR.net. May God bless you. May God equip you to stand for truth. And may God help and bless America. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.